0: What's up, guys? This is CJ from the teaching team at The Fold, and you are listening to At Coffee with the Fold. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us this week as we take a deep dive into conversations that are relevant for our community. This podcast features guests from inside our community, from outside our community, who have something important to say and share that's relevant for our formation into the likeness of Jesus as we pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus by finding home, family, and purpose. What's up, guys? Welcome to At Coffee with The Fold. I'm so glad that you're listening to our first episode. If you're wondering why this podcast is showing up on your feed, it's because we've decided to give space for some deeper conversations, to go deeper on our Sunday morning topics, to apply in a deeper way the things that we talk about, to have people like our first guest, Chelsea Arrington.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me to be on.
0: Yes. Yeah, you're in the building all the time, so you had to make a long trip to get here. It was a long walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Chelsea brings so much wisdom from the mental health world into these conversations, and there are so many times where we're able to address a topic on a Sunday morning that has nuanced and complicated application, um, but we're not able to go into detail. So we have a resource like Chelsea. We've got so many gifted people in and around the fold, and within one kind of one one realm, one relational realm outside of the fold that we want to give space for their voices to serve our community. So this podcast is here for you to overhear a conversation. It's going to take things a little deeper, maybe to share with a friend who's processing some of the same things we're processing as a community. But really, we just want this to be like you are at coffee with us and we're having a conversation that's relevant for our community and for our walk with Jesus. Sound good?
1: Awesome. Perfect.
0: Cool. I forgot that there's not a live audience there, Um, but (laughs) who cares? Let's jump in. The first thing we're going to talk about, we're doing a little mini series. uh, It's called Help, I'm a Hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Um, We did a series through the Ten Commandments called Stone. And uh, Chelsea, I don't know about you, but for me, as I was even preaching through that series, I realized there were a lot of places where I say I value something, but I do not actually live in that value. Turns out I'm a hypocrite. And they're, I don't know what to do about it all the time. So that's what we're doing. We're yeah. diving into that with this, first, uh, with this first episode, with this first little mini series. So um, the first thing we're going to do is talk about what being a hypocrite means and, and what do we do when we start feeling like that. Um, so the it seems like, Chelsea, correct me if I'm wrong, the mental health word here would be something like cognitive dissonance, um, that we would equate to the church word of hypocrisy. Can you kind of define that for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So cognitive dissonance is really just kind of a fancy way to say there's a disconnect between what I think, my thoughts, and my actions, how I mm. behave, what it looks like in my life. Mm. So there's a gap there. And so figuring out you know, really what are those places in my life where those things don't line
0: up? Sure, sure. So I feel there's something I value, but something doesn't feel right about it. Something doesn't feel applied about that. There's something different between in my mind and what's going on in my life. Um, So this might seem obvious, but let's Let's take that a step deeper and say, what is cognitive dissonance have to do with my spiritual life? Um, that's a psychological term. How does that play out as a follower of Jesus in your mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've actually already named it. Really, it's this application of, you know, are there places in my life where the things that I believe about who God is, his character, what scripture teaches, um, are there places where I feel like there's a disconnect between those beliefs and how I live my life mm. um, so I think there's a lot of places where I know personally I find myself with that disconnect you know there are mm-hmm. actions or words that I say or ways that I begin to think about something that don't necessarily align with what I know scripture teaches or
0: yeah the yeah. Holy Spirit
1: in my life we yeah. feel that tension
0: yeah absolutely uh, I feel that all the time um, it, it is so common for me to think um, after I say something to Jen or after I respond to my son or mm-hmm. um, even sometimes the way I, I organize my time to say, oh I say that I value this thing <laughs> but I didn't I didn't live in that um, yes. We're being really careful to define the term because hypocrisy has such a negative connotation. We've probably all um, mm-hmm. at least imagined, if not actually heard, someone shouting at us about being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that you've you've heard at the fold before probably that we say a lot is, of course, the church is full of hypocrites. We're all in it. That's right. This is part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, cognitive dissonance is part of the human experience. So we can respond in shame to that. Um, and that will cause us probably to shut down. At least in my life, it caused me to shut down, to disconnect, yeah. not talk to anyone, pretend like I don't feel like a hypocrite, even when I do, which doesn't change anything. Um, or sometimes I'll just steer into the skid, um, disconnect completely, um, pretend like the community isn't valuable or um, tell myself the community isn't valuable because I can't live up, right? Which it seems like to me that that's usually fostered by other people pretending like they're not hypocrites. If, if mm-hmm. I pull away from the community... Because I feel like I can't live up to the standard. It's not because I'm the only one who doesn't. It's usually because everyone else is just putting on a pretty good front and I can't see through it. Does that sound right? Yeah, I feel that. I feel that too, for sure. So it seems like um, maybe curiosity would be a healthy response to the feeling of hypocrisy or the feeling of cognitive dissonance. Like if I'm going to – the first thing that I want to do when I start feeling cognitive dissonance, let's say I've identified it. um, Usually for me at least it takes me like – I don't know, days to realize why <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable with something, with the decision that I'm making Till finally I realize, oh, this goes against my values. Um, how should I respond to that? Um, how should I respond to that feeling once I've identified it? Um, are there questions that I need to ask? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Great question. I think that, you know, really what you're describing is this process of clinically what is called metacognition, right? So I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my thoughts. I'm thinking about the the things that I'm thinking about. Yep. <laughs> it kind of gets yep. deep in, in there a little bit. But it requires self-awareness, which mm-hmm. is what you're describing. And so I think maybe even before we get to that place, we have to be able to identify, you know, what are the almost the rhythms of life or the practices or – the things that allow that in my life, Hmm. encourage that self-awareness, encourage getting to that place that you're describing before we even get to what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. Because I think for many of us, we flow through life and maybe we know the places that have become comfortable hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. I know that for me. Mm -hmm. I know the places that I feel... Maybe getting things done over, overwhelms my mm-hmm. desire to uh, rest, sure. or you know, begin to evaluate what are what are my values and beliefs, and how am I living those out? So, I think having practices and rhythms and people
0: yeah.
1: in our lives who help us attune to those things mm-hmm. are really important.
0: Sure. Sure. People that we can trust to tell us the truth. Yes. Yeah. Um, people that we can trust to tell us the truth without judgment. Yes. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's incredibly important. That's so good. Um, while you were talking, something came to my mind that I think we might need to identify. For those of us especially who are very churched, uh, <laughs> who spent our whole lives in the church world, uh, yeah. we, I feel at times, guilt around the idea of, thinking about myself mm, yeah right so we're talking yeah. about self-awareness um for most of my life i've heard that i need to be god aware mm-hmm. i shouldn't be talking about myself um i am the problem right <laughs> like we need to yeah. die to self which yes there's spiritual value in that we need to talk about that sure. but it seems like you have to be aware of something to die to it um so we might need to. Before we can even respond to the idea of cognitive dissonance or hypocrisy, we might need to first say it's okay, and it's healthy to look inward at myself. Um, it's not ungodly or self absorption to learn about myself um and to be curious about myself. Uh, I think our kind of like puritanical piety tells us that we should never think about self at all. We should always be thinking about God um, and we should kind of force ourselves into obedience anytime we feel hypocrisy in our lives. But it sounds like from just a psychological perspective, that's not really possible. And it seems like when we dive into scripture, that that's not really what scripture says either, that scripture is much more nuanced to that. There is a time where we choose to obey and use discipline to obey but there's also much uh, introspection and uh, much value in learning about yourself learning about the lies you believe um, learning about the uh, reactions that you have learning about your own story Um, yeah does that make sense i feel like at least for me that there's shame in the beginning of the conversation around self-awareness because of that word self that's in there it feels like we shouldn't be saying that word Even though that's a healthy part of any of our emotional development or spiritual development.
1: Yeah, and I think you make such a good point that for a very long time, there's been a disconnect between those two things, specifically in the church, Mm -hmm. because we don't see the disconnect in scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we do see the disconnect in the church. Yeah. As you were sharing, I was thinking about even David writing in the Psalms and hearing his heart in his own self reflection, his Mm -hmm. own acknowledgement before God of his hypocrisy mm-hmm. and asking God to um, create a clean heart within him, to restore the joy of his salvation, mm-hmm. to do yeah. these things that have required David to acknowledge the places in his own life where he has been hypocritical. So mm-hmm. I do absolutely agree that there is there is a disconnect and we need to see and understand the value and the importance of being Um, self-aware in order to right Mm -hmm. it's not that we end there we don't ever want to just stop at self-awareness we want to allow that information to and god through that information to form us Mm -hmm. to do a lot more with that
0: yeah yeah that makes me think of um romans 12 right um I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And then do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, which yeah. we usually stop right there. And it's like present your bodies. Who cares about you and what you think and what you feel? You're a sacrifice. That's not what Paul meant, but that's certainly how it gets interpreted sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then um, do not be conformed, which seems like this big, uh, like I don't know, like riot statement, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. not conformed. I'm an emo mm-hmm. teenager. I'm not conformed. But then he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Which renewing our minds is something we have to engage in. And we have to partner with the Holy Spirit in. Um, It's interesting that Paul says that to be transformed, we have to renew our minds, right? Which requires self-awareness. You have to know what needs to be renewed. Um, You have to identify the lies. You have to identify the, the negative scripts that you've been living in for most of your life in order to be renewed. Um, and that all goes back to this sense of cognitive dissonance. Um, Mm. A lot of the time, there are practical action steps that we can take to apply our faith, but those practical action steps almost always lead us to a point where there is what feels in the moment like an insurmountable hypocrisy, Mm. right? Like, I'm struggling with... Some sin, so I've got accountability. I've got, um, I've changed my practices, but I eventually run up against this point where it's like that thing is ingrained in my mind in such a way that it it keeps manifesting, even though I've got accountability, even though I've got all of these other things, and that could be pride, it could be lust, it could be greed, it could be unforgiveness, any of these things. We do the measures, but we still run up against like the root of that issue. And that is only confronted through self-awareness. So, if we're saying okay. "Help, I'm a hypocrite," right? Then what we're talking about is that place where you say, "I did everything, but it's still there." Right? I did all these right things, but that thing is still there, and that's where I feel that cognitive dissonance. Right? Yeah. Um, so, we've kind of already answered this, but I think it's worth making it being explicit what is that cognitive dissonance telling me about myself right we said we should be curious we said we should be interested in that not respond with shame um look inward so what in generalities should we expect that cognitive dissonance to be telling us
1: yeah <clears throat> so in specifically in cognitive behavioral therapy which this term is is really drawn from mm-hmm. there's the belief that our core beliefs drive our thoughts and then our Mm -hmm. thoughts drive our emotions and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so really when we feel that cognitive dissonance to the degree that you're, that we're describing Mm -hmm. here in our faith and spiritual life, it's showing us that there's something that we are believing within our core Mm -hmm. that is not true, Mm -hmm. that there's a, There's something that I'm believing, whether it's something that I internalized Mm -hmm. um, at a younger time in my life, Mm -hmm. um, if it's something that life has shown me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is true because of circumstances, people, situations, Mm -hmm. um, whatever those situations or circumstances might be that has internalized that belief, that's when we have to go in and we have to challenge, Mm -hmm. you know, first we have to identify what is it? And that's what we're describing here is there's some hypocrisy in my life. There's this gap between what I believe scripture teaches or what I believe about God or Mm -hmm. what I believe um, that I'm called to do in my life with the way that I live it, Mm -hmm. with the way that I talk to other people, Mm -hmm. with the way that I spend my time, my money, my whatever those things might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, cognitive dissonance is telling me about a core belief, right? Man, that so it's it, what came to my mind as you were talking was the way Jesus interacts with his disciples, um, mm. and there's this correlation between information, teaching, and then Jesus living life with his disciples, right? Yes. Like you've got the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking about the values of the kingdom. He's establishing the values of the kingdom and differentiating them from the the way. Other people, um, other worldviews would be righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you've, And He, Jesus teaches these things consistently, which is why in different books, you know, we kind of see this at different times. Like Jesus didn't have one Sermon on the Mount. This was probably what he taught every town he went to. He, mm-hmm. he gave his teaching, right? But the disciples know the teaching, and then Jesus walks with them until they encounter cognitive dissonance. Jesus gives a teaching. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then they see a blind guy and they're like, who sent? Him or his mom Mm -hmm. or him or his father um, or the Pharisees ask that. So Jesus teaches and then lives life in such a way that it's creating cognitive dissonance and then pushes into that cognitive dissonance, which is probably why, like Jesus, you see these stories of him uh, telling a parable. And then the disciples say, what in the world did that mean? So Mm -hmm. he goes deeper with them, right? He gave the teaching The teaching created cognitive dissonance in the disciples. So then he's willing to unpack that behavior or that thought pattern with the disciples because he's revealing a core belief and the core belief isn't revealed just through information, Mm -hmm. right? The information points us maybe to an ideal or to a value, but we don't really know what we believe until that action that we can't quite get in check is revealed. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. This is interesting. Um, So uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Let's kind of, let's wrap. We've got a list of questions for everybody that's listening, that's guiding our discussion. Uh, Let's wrap the last two questions together. Um, What should I do when I feel cognitive dissonance? And when I'm feeling this, because this is human, it's a common human experience, um, how do I find peace even when I know that I am not currently living my values? And let's add to that, without justifying my current hypocrisy. How do I become, like, peaceful? Like, how do, I, how do I have peace within myself and with the Lord, knowing that I am not where I want to be, but also not shaming myself for where I'm at? What do I do?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so first, when I'm thinking about your question, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, do I have an authentic relationship with Jesus hmm. that allows me to come to him in this way?
0: <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: Because I think, you know, for some of us, there's shame and guilt, which you've, you've mm-hmm. named associated with being able to say, you know, God, there's something in my life. It's, this is, doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And if I, I need, I must be mm-hmm. able to go to my loving father, mm-hmm. my savior mm-hmm. to say, Jesus, there there's something here and, and I, maybe I can name it. Maybe I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I don't, but I need you to reveal it. I need mm-hmm. you to show me yeah. even uh, just as you were describing as he did mm-hmm. with the disciples, Yeah. they yeah. were asking those questions they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I think we come to him the same way mm-hmm. and we say, I don't know what this is, but I mm-hmm. feel it mm-hmm. and I need to be able to go. So I think mm-hmm. having that authentic relationship With the Lord, as we grow in it, right, we are being sanctified to the into the likeness of Jesus, and being able to come before Him um, in that way to to reveal those places in our lives. I think is the first has to be that first step.
0: Yeah. So there's like there's how we would deal with this in counseling, but there's also how we would deal with this as a Christian and there's overlap, Mm -hmm. right? But we also live with, this is why we have a counselor having these conversations, right? And a Christian counselor who can point us to this place of we trust the Holy Spirit. We, I might not know why I feel this way. The Holy Spirit is gentle and kind and will be faithful to reveal that to us. We can go to the Lord. That is, (laughs) you said, do I have an authentic relationship with Jesus? That is like, I don't like that question. Um, I mean, I do, but I don't like it because it's, like, it's confrontational because there are many times, and I don't think we mean by that, like, my relationship with Jesus isn't real, Right. but it would be like, am I being authentic with my wife? Am I being authentic with my friends? Am I being authentic with Jesus? I heard recently a Christian leader say, "Uh, I don't want to go to counseling because I don't want to find out if something's wrong. (laughs) Hmm. Like, we've got so much fear of authenticity with Jesus. What if we find out something's wrong, you know? What if uh, what if my introspection leads me to a, a misaligned core belief, right? right? But we have to have a foundational belief that says the Holy Spirit is gentle and kind yes. and is going to faithfully. It's the kindness of the Lord that That's leads fair. me to repentance, right? Um, God's not coming with a raised hand to drop it on me in punishment. He's inviting me into a truer understanding of who he is mm. and who I am. So as we move through counseling, through various um, practices, we are, as followers of Jesus, trusting the gentleness of the Holy Spirit to reveal this cognitive dissonance. Mm. And it seems like the first thing we should do is just be curious about it with the Holy Spirit. We should push into that without shame. Like like we've said this a few times, push into it without shame, without shaming ourselves so that we can identify what it is, right? Um, And be comfortable with the reality that I currently do not fully live out my values. I'm not giving myself permission to live like this forever, but I'm not shaming myself for the way I am right now, right? Mm -hmm. Identify it. That seems like where we're kind of landing in this. We know what it is. This is what we do about it. We start off by just saying, what is this? Holy Spirit, what is this? Holy Spirit, show me my heart so that I can make a step with you into more alignment with who you've called me to be. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah. And I think in addition to that, and we named this earlier a little bit too, but in addition to starting, you know, after we start really with the Lord, with Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, asking those questions, having those people in Mm -hmm. our lives who can speak truth Mm -hmm. in love to us, holding us accountable, you Mm -hmm. know, to the places where I can say, I don't want to live this sin pattern out in my life Mm -hmm. anymore. I don't want to live this cognitive dissonance out in my life Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, But I don't know what to do with it. You know, the Lord is showing me this is the place, but what do I do? And I think having people, you know, if it's one person, if it's a small group, if it's a family member, if it's a mentor, whoever that Mm -hmm. person is or people are in your life to be able to say, you know, there's something here. Mm -hmm that's not right mm-hmm. and I need to do something about it and even just having a conversation to say yeah. to start and to say there's a lot of power in being able to want to change
0: yeah wow yeah uh, we're running out of time but I think that there's something that I want to say everybody that's listening if you are willing to have a conversation with someone that identifies cognitive dissonance and you're inviting the Holy Spirit in that, you are healthier than you think you are.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You need
0: to know that. He- Unhealth, un- the the sickness of sin in us, leads to secrecy. Yes. Right? Um, we feel like we can't mention it, we can't talk to anybody about it because we're sick, but health comes in confessing and seeking accountability. If you're willing to have the conversation, if you're willing to open the door to that conversation, you are so much farther along than you think you are. And you should receive peace from the Holy Spirit in the fact that you are, allow the Holy Spirit to affirm that truth in you. You're healthier than you thought you were. You might not believe it right now, but just that much reveals that you are taking steps towards health. You're not as much of a hypocrite as you think you are. Right. yeah give yourself that grace maybe what you needed to hear by listening to this podcast was just, oh I'm not as much of a hypocrite as I thought I was <laughs> right yeah that can be the blessing for today all right, I think that wraps up our our first conversation and in closing thoughts
1: yeah I'm you know I'm excited about this series I'm excited about asking these questions because it is important for us to be introspective mm-hmm for us to ask have a space to ask the questions it's very easy to uh, finish a podcast finish a teaching leave Mm -hmm. a building and leave it there yeah and so really what we're inviting in these conversations is the next step Mm -hmm. just the next thought so yeah thanks for having me
0: thanks for in conversation awesome all right guys we will talk to you on our next episode see you then bye Thank you so much for listening to At Coffee with The Fold. I hope that this conversation was helpful as you pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus. If you want to sign up for a fold group and join community, if you want to attend an event on a Sunday morning, or if you're just looking for the next thing that's coming up that you can join with our community in doing, then make sure you go to thefoldgreenville.org or you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.